0: Hi, everybody. My name is Miles Ward. I'm CTO here at SADA and this is Cloud and Clear, where we meet, I think, the best and brightest in cloud and help unpack what's coming, what's happened, how we've gotten here, and what you can use from those learnings to apply and, and do incredible things in public cloud. Um, I am joined by one of my, I mean, heroes, like heroes in a Google Cloud ecosystem one of the real leaders helping everybody think hard about their data and make sense of it in a way that adds value, that gets people moving more quickly, that helps them rise to the occasion. Uh, Lakshmanan is uh, is the guy. So if if you have any employees that are thinking about data science, I guarantee you they are reading books that he wrote. Uh, if you are following examples in the Google Cloud environment on you know best practice or implementation, they, he wrote them. So uh, I'm very very proud to have him on our show today and excited about the conversation we're going to have.
1: Howdy. Hi, Miles. It's it's so great to see you again. It's been it's been a few months. It's like you know, with, with all of COVID. You know, normally, I run into you every few months, and we were just talking <laughs> about like you know. I was just thinking back the first time we met, and this was like I had just joined Google, and my manager at the time was like. You're gonna see this total genius guy. He's just flown in from Santa Barbara. He's gonna be so this, yeah. So this was in the in, in at, at a cafe. And he's like, we're gonna walk in. There's gonna be this guy sitting right by the entrance, and everybody's gonna be making a beeline towards him. I'm like, all right, who's this fellow? And there you are, right? So it was, it was, it was, it was awesome to see you. And it's been awesome to basically have worked with you all these years.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, look, can you? Getting called a genius by a genius is is a humbling thing. I'm I'm shitty at computers. Everybody in comparison to my friend Lack. So, um, we we have been working in parallel to try and you know I I wrote down my little goal was like make cloud easier, and you know and I, I like I always thought of lack as like just putting the little you know up bullet above that make cloud data easier right like and, and you've done a bunch for that like what what what's hot in that, what what are kind of recent additions that are happening maybe in platform, maybe in uh, tools, maybe just better, better guidance that are helping people take more advantage?
1: Right. And, and I I think the, the best way to think about this is that uh, data science on the cloud is becoming easier and easier and easier. So it's not just you and I, Miles, with our mission of make cloud easier or make cloud data easier. This is a mission that a lot of the product teams have taken up. This is a mission that a lot of the solution teams have done. So every time I go back and look at something that I wrote maybe three years ago, five, four years ago, I say, aha, we can do that a lot easier now, right? So just very recently, I was looking at uh, doing an ML pipeline for an image classification model. And the way that that used to happen was that you had to do a whole bunch of bespoke things, but instead yeah. now building an image client took me all of 15 minutes. Like I had done the modeling and everything right. before, but packaging it up into a pipeline. And I was just step back and say, why is this easier? And it's easier not because of the stuff that happened in data science, but because ML pipelines now you run it on Kubeflow which is done on Kubernetes, and containerization is so much easier, right? Building a component is so much easier to the point where if you're a data scientist, you're writing a three-line Docker file, you're basically creating a component with inputs and outputs, and it just works. And that, I think, is the thing that a lot of, uh, uh, like, that's what really gets me excited, this idea that uh, it's not just what uh, we do individually, but there's this huge momentum, this whole community, and uh, improvements in data science are driven not just by people doing research in machine learning, that happens too. So when you look at, for example, uh, language models, right? Building a natural language classification model used to be extremely difficult. But now you have sentence embedders and BERT and so on. It's often like, you know, you want to take take a, a paragraph and you want to basically classify the paragraph. I can now show you TensorFlow code that does it in six lines of TensorFlow code. Oh, yeah, right. The oh, embedders yeah. are already built, they're already published. There's TensorFlow Hub, you download it, and boom, you basically create your classification model that last bit of fine-tuning on it. And again, this this is the whole community that comes comes behind us to get this done. And that's what I you know things are things are getting easier. And the more things get yeah. easier, the more of it, it gets done.
0: Well, it, there's Urs uh, is the one who I've heard sort of phrase it the way that makes sense to me, where, you know, the, he's in this sort of kind of debate together with Larry and Sergey and the whole sort of army about how much more productive, sort of core software development on the Google site is, uh, and 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 enumerating the you know the benefits of this consistent reused platform mm-hmm. that makes it so that whatever you build, the next guy down the line can take advantage of. And the gal on the new team is able to, to deploy faster the, the next time around. And the innovations that you make, they actually accrete. Yeah, exactly. They're like We right. want to stand, stand on the shoulders of giants, <laughs> right? But like, if I can't find the shoulders and like and the documentation is missing. And, and I had a bunch of people early at AWS say, you know, I don't. I don't want you to write solutions documents. Don't don't write the how-to guide. That's stupid. Just give me the code for it. And I go well, right? But like, code for what? You want it as like a VMware image or a? You want me to write it in write scale or you? were like ah, like ah, you know, like now you just go yes, I will build a container for that. exactly. And then it's like oh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll build a CRD for that. Oh, I'll build, you know, I'll build all of those building blocks are making it so that. Um, you really have the ability to stand on the shoulders. Of right, and,
1: and again, so, so a lot of tooling gets built. If you're talking about BigQuery, the ability to to build uh, user-defined functions, save them, and share them. Now, basically, mm-hmm. we can now treat queries as code, and you can basically yep. combine queries and build data pipelines off on the shoulders of what other people have built and that's incredible and uh, that that contributes to making things easier yeah i have i have evil product ideas all over this stuff like everybody
0: that's, that hasn't had to bear the responsibility of product management is, is intensely enamored with their idea of product management. I'll, I'll will just come up with ideas and then magic people will build them. Yay. Yeah. Uh, the execution but, is
1: the uh, thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I
0: know it's super, super hard. Uh, but, but in the, you know, in that vein, I think that there's, um, on the one side, you know, we feel like we have come so far, right? Like I, I remember spending, I don't know how much time trying to lay out this demonstration for a customer. You know, it was the very first use of the Vision API and we just wanted to make it so that it didn't suck. And like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm the fashion detector. Like,
1: do you remember the fashion?
0: Yeah, <laughs> fashion detector. Yes. Yes. That, that demo, that demo worked great. Okay.
1: So, so for those of you listening, go ahead and go do a, do a web search for uh, April Fool's Joke and fashion yeah. detector. Yeah. And yeah, while you're at it, you added, also do a web search for the the another April Fool's joke around uh, the uh Google wind. Oh yeah, 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 that's a good one.
0: Yeah, the, the I the I think I, I think the very best one uh is the self driving bike. <sighs> like it's just like uh, it's got two baby characters (laughs) oh Oh, yeah if all of that technology work that has gotten us to this spot where we are looking at things and going wow you know wow it's gotten a lot easier but you know talk to me about like trajectory there like it, it it's hard, I want to feel like, you know, we've made it. Look, it's really easy now, ta-da. Like what, you know, what do you think comes after easy? Like when, what's next? Um,
1: I mean, uh, as usual, right? It comes down to like, it's sure, we talk about fast as technology geeks, we say, hey, this becomes easier and easier and easier. But I think there's, we need to have a little bit of empathy here is that it becomes oh, yeah. easier and easier and easier, but it's also becoming faster and faster and faster. And when you basically take someone coming new into the field, uh, the, it's, it's confusing, right? There is yeah. so many options. There's so many ways that you could do it. And you're never sure if it's been done before or if the way that you're doing it is the best way to do it. So you know, part of this is to basically uh, document best practices, provide prescriptive guidance. So that's one aspect of it. The second aspect here is again we uh, in my current role, I talk to a lot of different customers, and what we get what I hear and what what their problems that they they that they you know uh, uh, articulate are different depending on who they are. When I talk to a data mm-hmm. science leaders, what they are always asking is how do I get more done? with this crappy team that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. They they have all built teams in the last three to four years, right? The teams are all very uh, immature from a processor standpoint, but they are being extremely productive, right? So I, I was talking to someone who basically runs a team of 70 people And uh, he was basically talking about how it's extremely bottom-heavy. All of these people are very, very, very junior, but extremely productive. He says, yeah, we're in this business. They're in the logistics business. So we're in this business where we just have this idea and we basically plop that in. Just let's say we try it out and it's worth four and a half, five million million. Every single idea that one of their junior scientists does The project takes five to six weeks and it basically the value of the project to the business is millions of dollars. There's so much opportunity here because there's been so little that's been done with data. So now the question that these data science leaders ask is how can I get more done and still keep this crappiness, still keep this value creation going? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I also talked to another group of people. These are folks that are are IT leaders, right? So they've been sold that cloud is going to save them money, right? So they've basically gone ahead and they've done these cloud migrations. They're taking all the stuff that they used to manage on-prem. They've been told that when they move to the cloud, it's going to give you the budget. So maybe you can go invest in, in data, start basically doing innovation, But they're like, okay, I've done this cloud migration. Where is the cost savings you promised me? Where are these cost savings? Right. Right. Right? And because what we fail to tell them is if you take whatever you're doing on prem and you move it as is to the cloud, that's not going to get you very far. Right? You're going to get your you know, 20%, 30% cost savings because uh, cloud machines are easier. Maybe you don't need to renew the purchases. So you're basically take, taking your CapEx and making it OPEX. But that kind of financial engineering doesn't give you the 70%, 80% headline number that they've been promised. Right. So now they're like, saying, where is this cost savings that I thought I was going to get? Uh, because that 20% gets eaten up in the first year. And then, of course, like sure. you have the CEOs, the CTOs, who basically are hearing both the innovation team saying, I want to do more, give me the ability to do more. And the IT team saying, yeah, I, th- I said I would free up budget for you, but I'm not actually running any cheaper. And the CEOs mm-hmm. and CTOs basically say, look, let's stop here. Uh when I when, when when we bring Google in, when we bring Google Cloud in, we really need a partner who's able to help us balance these things, being able to get the cost savings, being able to get the get the innovation and and files, <laughs> right? You
0: I, every, every, I, I swear to you, this is not a paid advertisement for Sata Systems. Lack is not receiving free tacos from our taco truck. Um, yeah, I I could not agree more. Um, I think there are a huge number of customers where they want more opportunities. They have a real appetite for opportunity. And the level of opportunity in ML is so big mm-hmm. that they're, they kind of get exhausted with – they don't want to sound hyperbolic in front of their leadership over and over and over again yeah. and 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 they have produced uh it's really straightforward to produce positive effects and i think all of us can look and go but like
1: it yeah, is that's, straightforward that's to around. produce a positive effects but unfortunately it does not come about on day 0 right you need to have this sure. foundation sure. in place of having I mean, all of your data silos broken of being able to join all of your data sets across the organization, being able to yep. build in, uh, no, bring in new data sets, being able to do serverless data analysis, democratize it, uh, analytics, all of this is like right. tips Or Before you get value one, right? Exactly. Right. Before you get the first, but once you have that foundation, there is so much opportunity and you're like, you know, boom, boom, boom. Every every single project you do is bringing a ton of value to the company. But unfortunately, yeah. this doesn't happen until you've done a whole bunch of hard work, uh, you know, in yeah. terms of uh, I mean, the hard work really comes down to politics, right? You need to basically, you know, the politics within the company, getting the executive uh, aligned, figuring out what what the people in the company what their roles are what they need to do how they basically clean up the data how they govern the data because the other thing that you don't want to do is to basically break down on the silos and then lose a your competitive advantage or destroy your users privacy
0: there's a great article i think you've seen internally on the google side where you know people were trying to understand you know why does google fail at projects or close products or turn things off. And the internal analysis was really like, it's impossible for any executive, really at any business, Google aside, to, to digest enough information to make a purely rational decision about any of this stuff. And so it's all about, you know, educated guesses and instinctive behavior. And so they need to see the team members who participate one, demonstrate value relatively quickly, but two, confident about their path
1: for that. Also, I, I get worried if I see a team that claims that they've never had an idea that didn't work. Like right. if, if your team and you've basically implemented 10 ideas and all 10 of them worked, it scares me a little bit because it seems to indicate that you are only doing stuff that you that you know is like relatively uh, low ROI. That is absolutely sure that you see the end result ahead. Now, so now you yeah. have to be willing to fail, right? Uh, and it's not that every project is going to succeed, but the ones that you put in production hopefully will.
0: It's one of the the balancing acts in that, like I want the use of the platform. To be, you know, hugely experimental, and that you're you're trying a whole bunch of different ideas, and some of those won't work, and you sort of throw out that approach. Sure but doesn't sure it doesn't that implementing the platform itself is a
1: risk. Exactly right, and they're like, I, 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 that's the one I can't mess up. Enough people have now built cloud data analytics platforms that you're not blazing the way. And these are right. that, uh, so many different organizations in so many different industries, they've done it. They've learned how to build uh, uh, you know pipelines that are serverless, analytics that are serverless. They've learned how to democratize. So you, the, the key thing there is that that part is becoming less risky. And to get back to our original point, cloud is becoming easier. That's what is becoming easier. It's becoming less risky. To build a platform on the cloud.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and that's that's the spot where, you know, I mean, I think there's a, a useful transition to thinking about kind of Google's products because I I know that that platform has matured radically in in the last you know six years, seven years that I've been paying attention to it, and I and I see a lot of the building blocks that were still kind of like open question marks. Like there's a data
1: catalog now. Oh, that's like that's, that's fairly convenient and had to program in Java. Now you can program in Python. And now you basically have data flow templates where somebody's already built it for you. And you drag and drop it and you run it. And you basically have Beam that runs on Spark and Flink. And so you can run it in open. So there's a whole, whole. it's become easier, but the options Mm -hmm. have also grown. So that's that's always the scenario, right? You become easier, but then you have more ways to do it.
0: There's this, there's this market making problem that I hope Google approaches at some point where like, I I know that I can buy a platform like one, you know, take a Boomi from Dell or something like that, where they say, I've already done all the integrations for you Mm -hmm. and, and all of them, and you pay us a lot because I have all of the integrations you're ever going to possibly want done in front of you. And, And that's what gets me plugged in and going. I'm happy to pay someone for an integration between two SaaS products that I already have that work, but I just want to pay for that one, uh-huh. and so and and I would prefer to have it run in Dataflow, so I get the logging and telemetry and all the rest of that. So so you know, it's just right there. Like you have a marketplace, maybe like a
1: marketplace for Dataflow would be pretty great, right? I mean, totally makes. In fact, that's something that that my team is currently doing, which is that we're building a number of these departmental data marts that do exactly yeah. that. Right. So we mm-hmm. you know, we cannot solve the problem for absolutely everything, but. If you are in a, if you're in marketing, if you're in finance, if you're in, if you're doing HR, we know the, we know the top kind of products in each of those areas. These are, these tend yeah. to be SaaS products. And so we now look at how to basically get data from those systems and join them and basically have them available. Uh, in BigQuery with BQML models and uh, Looker dashboards. And so that entire data mart is now ready to roll. Uh, So that's something that we're doing. I, I have an
0: internal enterprise data warehouse team that's very happy that you just enumerated the platform stack that we use so that they don't feel like they've made horrible life choices. For everybody else that's watching the video, that's the stack you should be using. Don't be silly. It costs a lot less. It goes much faster. Listen to the guy. He actually knows what he's talking about. So, um, you know, if that's, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, enabling some of this to get more commercial, because like I want to see data scientists get paid more. So the the more that I can make it so that, they have the ability to crack one of these little integration components, or make it so that you know a projection on a class of data that's interesting to me. Like I had a bunch of customers go, "I love that vision API thing." Doesn't seem to do jack for my financial tables, but but very lovely. Do I convert? Can I, do I convert my spreadsheets to pictures and then categorize them in the? Vision? I'm like, no, that does not work. You cannot do that. Uh, so, the, you know, I think there's a long. Uh, I read an article just yesterday that was calling kind of like the stagnation of AI or the AI winter or something like that. I'm like,
1: no, no, perhaps not. So, and and of course, again, like with, with a lot of these things, people look at the technology itself and say, what is new in this particular technology? And we can geek out about the vision models becoming better and the language models becoming better and all that. But fundamentally, that is not what drives business value. The business right. value is actually driven by three really boring things, okay? So the first really boring thing is get your people hands-on with the data. Democratize your sure. data. Break down the yeah. data silos. Allow anybody in your business to be able to interrogate the data, to be able to view the data, slice it, uh, carry out analytics on it that brings a tremendous amount of value. It's hard to articulate how that's going to give you value, but people are smart and your people have been embedded in your business, know your domain. And so that democratizing analytics ends up surfacing a lot of neat ideas all the time. So that's, that's the way that you get business value, the first way. The second way that you get business value is by doing things in real time. There's so many business processes that happen on a batch mode. You basically say I will at the end of the week I will aggregate this, I will tally this, I will basically figure this out. If instead of doing this at the end of the week, you do it as the transaction happens. Suddenly the value tends to be a lot more. Imagine that you basically do you're approving a loan And it takes you. So you say you need to submit your loan form and I'll get back to you in three days. Or you say when you submit a loan, I'll make a decision in a few microseconds. Mm -hmm. Making the decision in a few microseconds opens up a brand new market to you. And that can be tremendous. So just changing the things that you do in batch and making them real time is your second tremendous opportunity. And the third opportunity, again, which is extremely boring, is to take things that today you do manually and digitize them. And digitization, right, means very different things for different industries. So, like, we work with the supermarket chain. And for that supermarket chain, digitization basically means curbside delivery, right? But That essentially means that they have to know exactly what items are in their store at any point in time, yeah. right? They need yeah. to basically make sure that they have the store completely laid out so that someone can go, uh, you No, know, if, 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 if I upload a shopping list uh, and their buyer needs to basically get the most optimal route through the store to pick up all the items and basically right. have them packed optimally, and have them available for uh, delivery curbside when the car pulls up. That, that is what digitization means in the supermarket business. Digitization means completely dif- something different for a media business, right? And it means something completely different if you're a manufacturing business. And so you've got to figure out what are the things that you're doing manually that you can digitize. And that's your mm-hmm. that's your third value creation bit. So the value isn't, isn't getting created by better technology on the like image modeling side. But the fact that you can train an image model to figure out if a shelf is empty is going to give you a lot of benefit when you actually digitize the supermarket. The fact yeah. that you can yeah. make a decision often upload a driver's license photograph means that you can basically make a loan approval happen in real time. The fact that you can basically uh, send out this information that's available on store layout and basically have somebody in your uh, head office figure out that it is much better to reorganize items because they're often bought together is going to speed up the curbside delivery. It's going to speed up. That's the democratization of analytics. And that that will give you a lot of benefits, so really, the benefits are not going to come from the technology. it's going to come from the use of the technology with democratization, with real time and with digitization. yeah i've I've worked with a lot of customers
0: where the misconception with real time is that all of their stuff, all of their stuff stays the same. they're just doing their batches more frequently. Right. Right, like, yay! I, you know, you, you're gonna sell me the higher performance one so that I do a batch every minute, and then they go, "No, no, there will be no batch." And they're like, they're like, well, it's "That will happen. You know, it's
1: gonna happen as it
0: happens." Yeah, per per event, and they go, "Well, but eh. so I think one of the biggest biggest places we're we're trying to make sense of it, you know, as we spend more and more time, not even really directly with end customers, but just one step upstream with the ISVs that serve them." Mm-hmm is thinking through how the you know really well-trod models for for solving some of these problems in a batch way can get can get fixed at the ISV level can get fixed at the software vendor level so that they have the ability to offer real time to their customers because i think for a lot of companies where the pipeline that you're describing, like, like doing the shopping cart lookup, for them, that's an integration project between seven pieces of commercial software. Exactly. so they can like say, they can say, hell yeah, I wanna do real-time and all four four of them support it. But this one over here is a piece of software built in the nineties and it sure don't. So my whole
1: thing is not real-time and that's, and, and that's helping, helping, helping plug into that's the, the thing, software yeah. company. We right often now. talk about these uh, like levels in your journey, first level in your journey, Make sure that all of your all of your datasets are in the cloud. Second step in your journey: break down your data silos. Third step in your journey: start to do things as they happen, and then fourth mm-hmm. step in your journey: incorporate AI. Right. So yeah. that's yeah. that. Uh, uh, yeah. You've got to walk before you can run.
0: Yeah. I, I drew that as a little ladder a while ago. It worked. It worked pretty good. So there, there's a bunch of spots where, you know, the, if I I think the your data is in the cloud. The very first line, the very first sentence depends on that your. Right. And and I think there are so many of our customers that don't actually own very much of the data that they depend on because they've looked at how much work it would take to build the software that they need and they instead have opted for ISVs or SaaS vendors or mm-hmm. service providers or
1: APIs or the rest that do that
0: work. And, and also I think I, I, what
1: problem we problem. often find is that customers aren't even collecting the data that would make right. a difference to their business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, it's it's about collecting that data. And that data might belong with a partner, might belong with the uh, with, with your supplier might belong with your retail channel and and bringing that data in so that you can start mm-hmm. to make decisions with it is a fundamental, uh, fundamental shift in the way that a lot of companies work. It's this value flywheel where I feel like you have to
0: you have to have some end outcome that's real, that's for your business. Right. and and that part of the pipeline working to go, we can solve problems if we have this data. This is all the data we don't have. Right. Now that checklist makes sense, and you can actually apply pressure to say, no, 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 no. Yeah. I do want the data out of that SaaS system. It's what's going to make me able to do more work. But you, you don't feel like you're like fighting for a thing that you can't actually use, right? And, like, yeah. I go fight in my contract to get access to the data, and then I don't have any displays. Many and of these no things can,
1: can be solved, solved, as you mentioned, Miles like one use case at a time that right. you don't have right. to go boil the ocean. You can just say, this is the one thing that I want to do. Let me go ahead and right. find the data sets that would make a difference, let me collect them, let me bring them together. And again, although I said, you, know, you have to have your data on the cloud, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be all on the cloud. There are some data sets that can be on-prem and we can basically aggregate them, push them. There's, there's ways in which we can, we can build a data pipeline that is heterogeneous. Yeah. Yeah, we we've worked with a bunch of customers where
0: the, you know, the placeholder for that label is it has to be uh accessible uh at the same speed at the same cost profile as cloud. I just know very 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 few places where you can pull off what BigQuery does uh any place other than BigQuery. So, it you know, it I I hate making the technology the sort of pedantic pedantic Recommendation: You got to be in BQ. It's like no, you can be wherever you want as long as it you know costs that little and is totally serverless and is incredibly fast and reliable and works in every one of the regions. And that list is getting rather long, isn't it? Like, let me know if you want to you know investigate other stuff. So.
1: There's always like uh, regulatory reasons why you might have some sure. some piece of data that has to be in a certain place. And there are ways in which you can organize it. It's not going to be optimal from a speed perspective, but there are ways that we can organize it, we can tokenize it, we can keep it safe, we can keep it ephemeral in a way that you can use this data for analytics and then get rid of it.
0: Okay, so three, three books everybody's got to go read. That's like a critical, obvious thing. The O'Reilly books are a great primer for getting started on this stuff. Any other materials like kicking YouTube video channels or spots that we should watch to make sure we're
1: on the ball? It's all about basically figuring out what uh, you need to learn. And uh, depending on what you need to learn, you basically have different areas to go. But a good place to start uh, is cloud.google.com slash solutions. I find it usually helpful to start with a problem that I want to solve and say, what do smart people say is a good way to solve this problem. Go look at the reference architecture, go look at the, the details of how they solved it, and then start delving deeper. Oh, they used uh, you know, big table. What exactly is big table again? Like go look at what big table is and, and basically go down a few rabbit holes and, and, and you basically learn, learn the contours of the entire problem. So, uh, yes. So definitely start with, uh, like things like the book, uh, the data science book, which basically gives you that overview of the entire landscape but then uh, start to uh, look for uh, the specific problem that you're solving, the solution to that problem as it's recommended, and then, and then use that as your branching off point to learn about various things.
0: Okay. Lack, look, every, every time we talk, I learn five new things and I, I you, you burn weekends of mine, which is super frustrating. Uh, you know, I was going to do a bunch of like sawing and now I have to go do a bunch of reading <laughs> this weekend. Thank you for screwing up my weekend. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking a block of time and, and your friendship and camaraderie. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So, thanks yep.
1: thanks for joining. Yeah, it's always great talking to you. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.